the Canby Spotlight. Welcome back to the Canby Spotlight. Thank you very much for tuning into this second episode uh, in which we're focusing uh, once more on the issue of sports betting and sporting integrity. I'm Tom Lewis, I'm a PR and communications manager here at Canby, and I'm joined once again by Matt Fowler, the Director of Integrity for the International Betting Integrity Association, and also Oliver Lamb, who's uh, SVP of Product Compliance here at Canby. In this episode, we're going to be delving a bit more into the issue of collaboration and how important that is for protecting uh, the integrity of sports, and also looking a little bit more at how the IBIA and Canby are going to be developing their work and enhancing their efforts in both compliance and protecting the integrity of sports over the years to come. Matt, it would be uh, great to get your take on that specific issue of collaboration, how the IBIA kind of works with its partners on a, on a day-to-day level, uh, and then perhaps also on a kind of more broad vision setting level. Yeah, absolutely. No, thanks, Tom. Yeah, I mean, looking at it from, from a day-to-day angle, and we touched on this already, we we have sort of five or six key international partners on this. So if an alert's deemed suspicious and we need to make a report through to the relevant sports governing body, that would usually be organisations such as UEFA, uh, FIFA, the International Tennis Integrity Agency, which is formerly the, the, the TIU. Also, ESIC, the Esports Integrity Commission, are, are an interested and useful partner of ours. Obviously, esports is a, is a real growth area for some of our members. And then we also work closely with, with the IOC, with their, their integrity unit. Um, as well and it is genuine two-way sharing of information now I think in the past there's perhaps been a, I wouldn't say an us and them uh, attitude but there's been more of a, a suspicious activity report would be made and then that would be it whereas now we very much encourage these to be genuine partnership agreements as, as we said right at the start we would never monetize this data you know, all the reports we make to sports whether it's uh, to sports to regulators law enforcement they're always made free of charge and then we actively encourage the sports to follow up either directly with us or with our members or with organisations like Canby to, to get further information. And also another aspect of the of the cooperation is is actively encouraging sports or other stakeholders to come to us when they have concerns over a particular event. So it may be that they have some, some intelligence that an event may have been corrupted or there's something untoward gone on. They can contact us and we'll then generate an alert in our platform and ask our members to check the relevant betting markets for anything untoward and then prepare a report for them. Uh, there as well and then not just in the sports side of things we have a number of partnerships with with regulators and probably important to stress that when IBIA make a report to to one of our stakeholders parallel to that all our members are heavily regulated and licensed and they'll often have requirements under under an international or national license to report suspicious activity directly to the regulators that will always take place um, parallel to that as well and then to touch on your other point uh, Tom around the more strategic um, level of things. So we do have a number of, of, of partnerships, projects ongoing. We recently began sharing more information with Interpol, for example. Uh, we work with a number of uh, regulators. Also, a practical example of that, pre-COVID, uh, each year we would hold uh, a workshop for our members where we'd bring together a representative of each member, sometimes up to 25 uh, representatives, and we'd go out and sit down with some of our key stakeholders. So the first one was with the Tennis Integrity Unit, uh, back in 2017. We've since been to UEFA's headquarters in, in Switzerland and, and the IOC as well. I think it's really useful to understand the challenges uh, both sets of stakeholders face, really. So the tennis one was a good example. They walked through um, um, an investigation from when they received an alert all the way through to a, a disciplinary hearing and sanction. I think it was really useful for the operators to understand quite how difficult it can be to prove match fixing. You may have real suspicious betting patterns on 
on one side, but proving those links between the corruptors and then the participants is, is often really challenging. So I think that was useful for them to see that. And also, I think from the other side, for, for the sports to understand some of the challenges operators face when they're reviewing this activity, when they're hoping to potentially free suspicious winnings. And then looking at longer term projects, uh, we've recently began collaborating with the UNODC on various projects, in particular, they're preparing a report for uh, into sports corruption, a quite a wide ranging report that we've been involved in a number of number of the different chapters. And obviously being headquartered in in Belgium, we have a long-standing um, track record of working on the European level. So we helped shape the Council of Europe's convention on the manipulation of sports competitions, also known as the Macklin Convention. Uh, and again, we worked with a number of different regulators, uh, both nationally and uh, on a global level as well, particularly around national platforms and that kind of thing. And we're also engaged in the European Commission uh, expert group on integrity. So I think anything we can do to try and raise standards across the board. Okay, well, turning now to Ollie um, and uh, perhaps taking things now from, you know, focusing more on the uh, the operator and supplier side uh, of the industry. The, the betting industry is an area where there are sort of quite robust commercial r- rivalries between companies. But um, integrity seems to be one of those areas where there is much more appetite for collaboration. It'd be uh, great to get your take on um, kind of why collaboration between the betting companies, uh, both operators and suppliers, is important when it comes to protecting sports from manipulation and also betters from uh, potentially wagering on uh, manipulated events. Yeah, Tom, no, you're absolutely right. This is an area where you, you will see rare instances of collaboration. Um, in like in any industry, there's lots of lots of competitiveness between between companies. And to be honest, I would say that this is the best example of positive collaboration within our industry and potentially within within our industry. I would say the operators, particularly those who are involved with the IBA, I mean, they all sign up to a code of conduct, and that's not just a piece of paper. I mean, I know as as a member and from speaking to the other the other members, I mean that that it's something they live and breathe. Uh, they, they do all genuinely believe in in sharing information in this area and it's 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 really important that they do because it's not always the case that if there's a, a suspicious event that all operators will see the same thing of course so it's really important for for the IBA and our members to know that we have you know as essentially got all bases covered really you know there may be events that take place in in in, in a certain part of the world or the bets come from another part of the world and and with such a broad coverage of, of regulated operators the IBA have, more often than not, then they will uncover uh, suspicious events within the IBA network. But also one thing around bringing this together, really, I think uh, it, it going hand in hand with, you know, the regulatory momentum that there is there is globally. It's it's partially also about you know, pushing the bad guys out as such as well, really. I mean, nowadays with with such coverage of regulated markets who are, you know, and regulated operators as well who are doing the right thing. Realistically, to be quite frank, you'd have to be mad if you wanted to to place a suspicious bet um, on on a regulated operator's platform because it's going to go to to the RBA, it's going to go to law enforcement, it's going to go to regulators. So one good thing about regulation really is is that it creates less and less space for these these bad actors to actually do the deeds. Really, uh, the, the, there's not so many places they can place bets. There's no outlet for their activity, which means hopefully there's 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 less demand really for these these criminals to be looking to fix matches in the first place. So the collaboration really, it's, it's probably about raising the overall water level really there of, and standards across across the industry and making sure that the betting industry as a whole is is a hostile place for criminals, essentially, is what we're looking to do, I guess, at the end of the day. And Canby definitely would like to be at the, at the forefront of that. And, and I think that being members of IBA allows us to do so. 
Of course, yeah. Uh, so, uh, well, keep, keeping the focus on uh, on Cambi then there for a moment, could you expand on um, how Cambi has um, kind of developed and enhanced its integrity function uh, in recent years? Yeah, how we've been looking to develop in those areas. Yeah, sure. Yeah, as much as we'd like to be as, as scalable as possible, one thing about it is is getting more people uh, involved in it. That's for sure. So I know when I, when I first started, the sportsbook control team that that runs and oversees integrity for Cambi, um, you know, they weren't twenty four seven. Uh, to, to begin with, uh, they were close to it. But if you're going to be monitoring events properly, then you do need 24-7 coverage here. So it was about getting more people involved in it, that's for sure. But also really probably broadcasting across the company uh, about how this all this all works and what we're trying to achieve here. Uh, you know, Sportsbook Control, the team who run this, they're probably the final points of escalation in terms of analysis and, and passing things on to the IBA. But what we need is people who are, are trading events or risk managers also a management team as well to be really understanding what kind of threats are out there in terms of integrity, how we respond to them, uh, what we're looking for, uh, and also you know, in terms of regulation, what kind of commitments we've signed up to really, you know, in terms of actually passing on information. So ensuring that everybody in the organization understands what we're trying to do and are all pointing in the same, di- same direction uh, is, is really key. I mean, as Matt's been saying earlier, that this, this is something that never really stands still. There's lots of work always to be done, even though we're in a great position right now. There's always new threats, but also new things to be working on. I mean, Matt's mentioned esports. You know, Camby's been doing a lot of monitoring recently over the last few years in terms of understanding the threats in esports because they are different, the different events, different kinds of people betting, even different kinds of people looking to manipulate those events. Obviously, recently we've purchased an esports company, Abios, looking to enhance not just our esports product, but also, I believe, also our esports compliance and integrity monitoring as well. They'll be bringing with them a lot of knowledge that we'd like to leverage, but also new regulators putting in new rules. It's always changing. Just recently, for example, uh, the Maltese regulation, uh, which is one of the, the big international regulators, have put a requirement on B2B offer suppliers, such as Canby, to be escalating to them directly rather than just the, the B2C companies. So it's, there's always changes uh, taking place. But the IBA definitely give us a way to manage those kind of changes in, in a scalable way. I mean, as Matt says, they do a lot of work behind the scenes, which benefits Canby and the regulated industry as a whole. They bring outside knowledge, such as, as you mentioned, you know, the Tennis Integrity Unit giving seminars to, to members and our staff to, to understand how sports work with this. And also giving us a direct link to the sports governing bodies is, is, is a key thing, really, as well. I know a few years ago, it's becoming quite common for individual betting operators to be signing data sharing agreements with the sports governing bodies themselves directly. Uh, and that clearly wasn't going to be scalable for a while. I mean, you couldn't imagine UEFA or the tennis integrity uh, unit having to sign you know 50 60 70 data sharing agreements and getting different information from different operators in a different format uh, so the iba gives sports that single access point really of information and an adherent voice from the industry as a whole absolutely that makes sense so um it, it's uh, it's something matt uh, touched on in the first half of the podcast o- ollie if you if, if you'd be able to kind of give us your uh, your your opinion on this uh, and kind of canby's take uh, when it comes to sort of blocking suspicious events you know how we've been uh, how kind of canby handles that from an integrity perspective uh, and also perhaps kind of touching on um, what the impact of of the pandemic was as as Matt said earlier, one impact, negative impact of, of integrity issues is it does hit the bottom line of operators and supplies in the industry. Um, if you offer a suspicious event, you can pretty much guarantee that that you're going to lose money on it as a bookmaker uh, because the outcome is known uh, to people who can who can take advantage of that information. So as well as really getting you know up to speed and improving our controls in terms of detecting suspicious activity, one thing that we decided to do early on was 
you know, be proactively blocking certain events and self-regulate our offering. So thanks to the alerts that come through from the IBA, but also our own internal data that we have from from processing millions of bets a week for over over a decade. We've got a lot of information on on suspicious accounts, but also suspicious sporting participants, that would be teams, players um, who are involved in events. Uh, we've got a kind of internal, what we would call, I guess, a traffic light system really built up in terms of um, if, if we do have serious concerns about our participants, then simply we're not going to offer them ever again, really, is the way we take it. Or at least we're going to put them on a list for a while and we're going to monitor them. And before we offer them, we're going to ensure that we've done our due diligence to let them back into our partners' offerings. And we block up on average around about 50 events every single day from our platform because we can't guarantee the the integrity of those events. By no means are all 50 of those events going to be fixed. It's actually more likely than not that none of them will be. But because we can't guarantee their integrity, we we block them. Just this morning, I was checking through my inbox and some things that Kane's proven out that overnight that the team dealt with. There was a, a tennis event, for example, that was suspicious. All the other operators, I guess, were putting in their, their bits of information on what they saw. But Camby's response is we didn't offer it because we saw something suspicious in the past from that player and... You know, we don't want them in the offering anymore. So we find that's the best way to protect ourselves or operators. But also, as I said, sports as a whole, we don't need to be offering these events um, if, if we can't trust them fully. And I guess, as you said, that goes into, I guess, the, the COVID response, really, because that was a, an area where you know, almost overnight, really, we lost the, the the core pillars of our product in terms of, you know, soccer, tennis, American sports, uh, basketball, NFL, baseball. It was all gone uh, over a few weeks and it was gone for quite a period of time. And as many people saw, what popped up uh, was still available. We're, we're, there were you know, table tennis leagues being played in across uh, Russia and, uh, and Asia, for example. Esports events were still going on. There were some some soccer leagues still still taking place, but most of the events were for what we would have considered in the past very low level. But one thing we need to do was to ensure that what we were offering was was secure. Setting up what we, we called an offering council, which at the beginning was was a daily meeting that was between our risk management teams, our sports teams, sportsbook control, but also even the CEO was involved in terms of signing off what we're going to allow into our offering in this this new environment. And then also taking that kind of information to, to the regulators. Uh, as I said earlier on, particularly in the US, each regulator will need you to to come and submit for approval a new league or event if you want to offer it. And suddenly, you know, all that was available was, as I said, these low-level table, table tennis leagues, for example, or esports, which in the US had never been offered before. So we needed to go to the regulators uh, you know, individually, you know, across the nearly 15 states it was at the time. And I'd be talking them through how we were going to offer these events in a secure manner, how we were backed up by organizations such as the IBA, for example, in terms of escalating if we did see something suspicious um, and making them feel comfortable that we were not going to be you know, unleashing upon consumers events that we didn't ourselves trust. So a lot of work went into, into making sure that really on a daily basis early on, we were offering the right events, keeping our platform safe, but also ensuring that regulators were, were secure and, and, and safe with what we're doing as well. So early on, as I said, was a daily occurrence, but this kind of approach is, is, has been hard-coded now into Canby's way of working. We definitely learned a lot from the pandemic around things that we could do even more to raise the bar in terms of integrity. And, and a lot of these controls that we had in place, we thought maybe temporarily, uh, are still in place today and will be permanently. I'm with you. Yeah, no, it's, uh, it's it's kind of good to hear how that's, um, as you say, been been kind of card-coded into Canby and is, uh, yeah, still continuing today. 
Yeah, t- turning back to, to you now, Matt, um, and uh, kind of uh, looking at uh, moving forward uh, over over kind of the coming months and years. Yeah, it'd be, be kind of great to hear from you um, how the IBIA will uh, look to grow and develop its work. And, uh, you know, what does the association view as kind of the, the kind of the biggest the biggest ob- obstacles, if you like, to its progress? And, um, you know, how organisations uh, like Canby uh, can be of assistance there? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think looking at how we, we may grow, I think it's probably a couple of ob- obvious strands to this. As I said right at the start, you know, we're as a not-for-profit, we're, we're not financially motivated to have new members come on board. You know, the association's fully funded into the medium and long term. But where it does add value and uh, and strength is the wider our network is, you know, the better it is for, for reviewing activity. And when, when new operators come online with us, what they tell us is, Previously, if they were looking at suspicious activity or unusual activity in isolation, it's difficult to analyze. You know, I think being able to almost bounce ideas off other operators, as Ollie said, you know, a highly competitive industry, integrity is one of the few areas where, you know, quite fierce competitors do can and do collaborate and share information. And I think operators tell us that being able to raise an alert, even if they're a little bit unsure, it's a bit of a borderline alert, being able to put an alert out in the platform and just say, we've seen some business here, we're not sure it's suspicious or not, interested to get other operators' views. And that's something you know we, we would encourage. So anything we can do to try and grow the association in that way, absolutely open to. And if you have any regulated operators with any listeners who would be interested in uh, in hearing more about us, then absolutely they can, they can visit our website. And we're always open to discussions with, with potential new members. And then looking at the different markets as well, I think all these touch on this again, obviously the US is, is huge and that's an area where we're looking at at the moment and exploring. And obviously South America as well, I think Brazil, the regulatory framework is starting to emerge there. It's potentially a big market. I know many of our members are, are interested in that as well. So that's something we'll certainly be, be mindful of and there'll be keen observers as to how that, that, that works out. And I think looking at some of the challenges going forward, I think, Looking at a higher level, really around the, the genuine suspicious activity, I think if you if you see it as different shades of grey, almost different uh, levels of sophistication, almost down at the bottom, you may have this opportunistic localised activity, where perhaps there may be links between the suspicious customers and and the participants, are relatively easy to spot. But I think there's some cases that are likely to hit the public domain in the coming months, where it's genuine organised crime gangs that are involved in in all levels of criminality, and, and there's a part of that. There's, there's match fixing involved in that, and when you've got that degree of sophistication, it then do, does become harder to spot. You know, if they're devoting significant resources to this, trying to fly under the radar and hide the suspicious activity, then it is a challenge. And uh, again, as Ollie said, it, it just requires collaboration. You know, there isn't a silver bullet to try and get rid of the risks, but what you can do is is all work together and try and stay ahead of the game and look at the different methodologies that are developing. And I think, again, key to that is is collaboration, not just on an operator level, but on a stakeholder level. Uh, you know, it's really not unusual to see a suspicious event where the teams or participants are from two different countries. They're playing in the third country and the suspicious customers are from four other countries. I think Ollie mentioned an example of this as well. Then who has priority for investigating? So I think more, the more work you can do on a, on a global level, particularly between regulators as well, I think is, is always going to be important. And the world can be complaining that. I have to say, not just the fact we're on Canby's podcast, but we, we touched on this earlier. The associate membership, I think, formalised the relationship that was already there. You know, if we go back right back to 2005, Unibet were actually a founding member of ESSA as it, as it was then. You know, we've been collaborating with Canby 
for a number of years. You know, as, as Ollie said, a number of Canby clients are full members of IBIA, and I think it's been a really fruitful partnership going forward. So, yeah, we would just encourage that to continue along the same lines, really. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, just re-emphasizing that note of the importance of collaboration seems like as uh, good and positive a note as any to draw things to a close today. So uh, we thank you very much for listening uh, to this um, second in our uh, two-part look at sports betting integrity. And uh, th- yeah, thank you again for tuning into the Canby Spotlight. It's been great to um, have Matt and Ollie with us. Thank you for your time, gents. Thank you. Thank you both. Thanks, Tom. Thanks again for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about the issues of sports betting and sporting integrity, please do feel free to head on over to both canby.com and ibia.bet. We'll see you next time.